Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Welcome to today's podcast in which I'm joined by a, I want to say a unique guest, but he's not as unique as perhaps some people might think because his his last name is the same as a guest that we've had before. Today, I'm joined by Nick uh, Prefontaine. Am I pronouncing that correctly, Nick? Prefontaine. Close. Very close. close. Great. Yeah. Uh, who is a three times best-selling author was named a top motivational speaker of 2022 in Yahoo Finance. Uh, and he's a speaker, founder, and CEO of Common Goal. At 14, Nick suffered a life-threatening snowboarding accident. And I'm sure we're going to hear more about that. And his parents, which is where the, the other guest came in, were told probably that he would never walk, talk, or eat on his own again. Well, I can assure you, listeners... I can see Nick, he's going to be talking, um, he's standing in front of me, it looks like you're standing Nick, uh, so it's great to have you on today's podcast, uh, welcome. I am standing, yes Simon, yep, it's a stand up desk, yes, I'm, yep. I'm doing doing all those things and more, absolutely, I'm, I'm happy to be here, I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah, and, and likewise, I'm at my stand up desk as well, and I had a hip replaced about five years ago, so I make the most of one of those adjustable desks. I sit down when I need to sit down, but I stand up whenever I can. So uh, yeah, really important to, to keep things moving, isn't it? Absolutely. You, we were talking um, obviously earlier on about what you drink during the working day. And you you mentioned having a couple of cups of coffee and then decaffeinated tea. Tell us a little bit about the coffee that you drink and how you take your coffee. Oh yeah, my gosh! I've had uh, quite quite the journey with coffee. I would say over the past the past four years, it was from um, myself. I used what I used to do is uh, get the bags of uh, French roast Starbucks French roast coffee. Okay, and then I would then I would um, and this is all before I came into the morning. Then I would do. Gosh, for six cups of coffee, I think I did five heaping tablespoons of coffee beans yeah and um yeah over the years i have i have certainly cut back um a little bit here and a little bit there where now i'm i'm actually only able to drink so much so much caffeine during the day that's why we're talking off air i've only i only have two eight ounce cups of coffee and then i that's that's my limit then the rest of the day i I do caffeine free tea yeah yeah it's interesting um a lot of guests that we've had talk about obviously the intensity of having a couple of cups and then having to stay off of caffeine coffee tea whatever it is the rest of the day uh but as long as we get that little bit of a treat that little bit of something that we enjoy because it's not always about the caffeine is it it's about having that that taste and feeling that you've got something that starts the day. So I'm glad you managed to have those two cups. It's the rich, it's the ritual too. I, I do yes. it with, I do it with, uh, even the couple times a year I do cleanses. I, I still do the same thing. I sit down, I read, I write, I reflect, I journal 
same thing, going through the same thing. So coffee helps stimulate all that. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, you know, when I get up in the morning, um, you know, I have a, a glass of cranberry juice. My wife always brings me a cranberry juice up when she comes upstairs. And then the first, my first drink of the day generally is hot water and honey with perhaps a couple of squeezes of lemon in there. And that's my ritual, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. I just find it resets. It just gets a little bit of a digestive system going and helps the throat uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, we all have our little rituals and it's nice to keep those going, isn't it? Definitely. For sure. Yep. Part of so life. I've got to ask you about two things then, uh, to f because yeah, we're going to go a little bit off piste. Sorry to use this, the snow phrase there, but uh, you'll see why in a second, listeners. But yeah, you know, I mentioned about the, the life-threatening snowboarding accident. Tell us a little bit about that, because you were 14 years old. What kind of process did that take you through and how has that set you up to be the person that you are now and obviously you go around giving talks etc but just give us a bit of an insight into that please sure and i think the the my favorite my favorite part about it is to start bring bring everyone back you included back to that day so mm. i was at i was at ski club with my friends and on the way, my friends and I had brought all our snowboard gear onto the bus to get ready so we wouldn't miss any time once we got to the mountain. Yeah. So we got to the mountain and the rest of the class migrated inside to get ready, but we were already ready, so we headed straight for the chairlift. And then Simon, on the ride up, we noticed that it was very icy because it had been raining. That didn't stop us though. Uh, we were we were experienced we were experienced snowboarders and some of my friends were skiers so we got to the top uh, I buckled in my snowboard took a breath of that crisp winter air and confidently charged towards the biggest jump in the terrain park with all my speed and going up to the jump I actually caught the edge of my snowboard on the snow going up the jump wow that's the last thing that I remember and um, I was told that I landed on my head I wasn't wearing a helmet and there were there were several things that broke right that day in order for me to be here be standing here before you today and talking about this uh one of which was i didn't i later learned that i didn't have a helmet on so this is something that i learned after the fact i usually had my helmet on when i went to that that particular mountain ah okay um the one thing that I did have, the only protection that I had was the goggles that I had on. And I was told that with each subsequent hit after the initial impact, my goggles mysteriously moved to cushion each blow as I rolled down the mountain. Wow. Second thing was they wanted to bring a helicopter to the mountain to rush me to the hospital. And they couldn't because it was too windy. So they had to send in an ambulance. Out of all the paramedics in the area, Simon, there was only one who could intubate on the spot. And because of the severity of my injuries, I needed that to be able to breathe. Uh, sure. Lucky for me, he was the paramedic that showed up to the mountain that day. Then hmm. the third thing, when I got to the hospital, I was resting in the ICU, in the intensive care unit. And obviously I wasn't able to communicate with anyone. I was in a, I was in a coma 
um, although my parents had the foresight that whenever doctors would come into my room to share the not so positive updates, as I'm sure you can imagine early on, and with each update, it was worse and worse and worse, but they came into my room, even though I was in coma, my parents said, no, no, not, not here, not in front of him, because they understood the power of the mind. So they made them step outside my room in the ICU. And that's where they shared that, uh, look, he's, he's in a coma. Um, even if he comes out of the coma, there's a good chance that he's probably not going to be able to walk, talk, or eat on his own. They thanked the doctors for the information. And um, then because I didn't know any of this, so this didn't influence me at all, even though I was in a coma, yeah. I treated it like any other situation. So I, I got up after a month, I was in a coma for three months. I really don't, I mean, three weeks, excuse me. I really don't remember a month. However, after I was aware of my surroundings, it was, it was a month later. So as soon as I was aware of my surroundings, I just got up and did the best I could. And I kept getting better every day. And the first thing that I did was I sat up in bed for minutes of, at a time. And even then after that, I was sweating profusely. Like I had just run a race. I had just run a marathon or something. So yeah, I can imagine. it was, um, it was definitely, I had to build up a lot of my strength and muscle that I lost during my accident. However, from early on, as I can remember, my goal was to, I overheard my parents talking with the doctors and they said, all right, well, what do we have to do to make sure Nick makes a full recovery? And I heard in the back of my head that, no, you're going to run out. So then I was able to communicate that. And then the rest of the team, doctors, therapists, and nurses, all were striving towards my common goal which was to run out of the hospital. Yeah. And going through that process, I unknowingly used, and this is what I teach to this day, I unknowingly used a system, the STEP system, and STEP is an acronym. It stands for support is the S. So you gotta make sure you have the support of your family and friends and those that influence you around you. This is probably going to have you falling back on relationships that you have built prior to your setback. Yeah. And then T of the step system is trust. You have to trust that once you take your first step, your next step is going to be available to you as long as you trust it and follow it. Yeah. And this, this also talks about trust also is that voice in the back of your head. So I've always been good at following that voice in the back of, in the back of my head. Uh, e is energy. So you have to make sure that you have your energy. Maintaining your energy is going to allow you to get better, uh, naturally heal the best that you can. And so you're able to influence and help and support other people that are around you. And then P finally is persistence. So once, once you've gotten up and taken your first step, keep getting up every day and taking your next step no matter how small and by, by continuing, by continuing to move forward every day, you are really, you're building an unstoppable momentum. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, you know, I think about some of the books I've read, Bear Grylls, 
uh, when he talks about having his back broken and seeing the, his common goal was to climb Everest, which he which he did. Yeah, I think about another guest that we had, Sebastian Bates. He talks about when he was paralysed from the waist down every day doing small exercises uh, to try and get his feet moving again and his feet working because his only alternative was to have his feet amputated. And the the trust, and you mentioned there about taking the next step, is that the next step is available to you, I think I heard you say. For many people listening to this, I think that's really important that the next step is available. It doesn't mean that the next step is going to be easier. And I think that's where the persistence is important, isn't it? Because sometimes when you take the next step and you think it's going to be easier and it's not, people then tend to start giving up or the persistence drops. So you've got to have a trust that the next step is available. I love the way you said that, Nick, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be easier. So it sounds like you were on quite a, a momentous journey, really. Yeah, it does. there's a few things about what you said there, though. Mm. It doesn't it doesn't mean that it's going to be easier. Yes. And it also it also isn't going to come to you in a, a big flashing sign that this is your next step. <laughs> yes. And, and I hear that all the time from people like, oh, my God, I just I don't know what to do. I've I've been struck with this this uh, life challenge or trauma and I really I feel stuck I don't know what to do um, there isn't a first step to me and I'm like or for me and I'm to that I always say yes there is there there always is as long and it can be so minute it can be so small but you just have to start you have to do something um, something can be as little as doing like you said foot exercises bear grills like he did that for me, it was sitting up in bed. And then after that, the therapist said, all right, your next steps are this. And yeah. because I started, there, there was always a next step available to me. But the most important thing, people become paralyzed. You got to start. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I, I'm a skier, not a boarder. I, I have tried snowboarding uh, in Canada. And I... Yeah, I'm useless on a snowboard. You know, and I was doing some lessons and I'd managed to get up on a chairlift. I'd managed to come back down and I was doing some exercise at the bottom and I caught an edge and I did a full somersault flip. And as I did, the back of my head hit the snow and it knocked me clean out, clean unconscious. And it was slow impact, very slow impact. And I had a helmet on and for three days, my head felt like it was exploding all the time, just with a low impact. So I can't imagine what it must have felt like to go through that traumatic uh, injury that you had. But uh, yeah, so sounds like the the important thing is the, the common goal. And obviously I said you're founder and CEO of Common Goal. And I want to hear a little bit more about that in a second, but I just want to share one thing with you, Nick, as well, that I, you know, I had a hip replaced five years ago it wasn't what i expected when i turned 50 to have a hip replaced and it was quite a, a difficult operation they broke the hip when they were replacing it uh, and i remember my surgeon who was quite quite wise and he asked me when i met him after the surgery what is it that you want to achieve now you've had the surgery and i said i want to do two things i want to be able to ski again and I want to be able to go horse riding. Now, bear in mind, most of the people that have hip surgeries are in their 70s, 80s plus. He said, I've never had a patient 
want to ski and want to horse ride. He says, but I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen. And I've been skiing three times since I had it done. Uh, and we still got horses here as well. And I think he was quite insightful at the time because he realised the importance of having, having that goal to motivate me for recovery. But I was so pleased that he gave me all the resources to achieve that goal. He gave me the physio, he gave me the the exercises and he gave me the, gave me the tools. What What's your thoughts around that inspiration of somebody giving you a common goal and the difference between you having a common goal like you did yourself? It has, I feel that, um, and all right, so for you, it came from, it came from inside. It came from you. So I feel that, I feel that your common goal can't be um, heaved upon you. You have to, it has to come from inside. Yeah. Um, in order to mean something for you and in order for you to keep going when times get tough, because times are going to get tough. Um, that's, that's inevitable. Um, and if you're, if you're working towards someone else's common goal, you're not going to have the, the persistence to keep going. Um, but it has to, it has to come from internal. Um, I can, I can, let me share something else on that. Mm, so, please. um, when when it comes to listening to that voice inside your head so i if you fast forward a little bit i i um after running out of the hospital i did run out of the hospital uh wasn't like my work was done i had to continue to go to outpatient therapy for another six months along with being tutored all summer long in order to continue on to high school with the rest of my classmates um and really after graduating high school I jumped, I jumped into real estate. I got my real estate license and, uh, was working as an agent and then an investor. And now we coach and train other people all over the country. However, um, and the reason I just glaze over that, that's not, that's not why I wanted to talk about this, that, that calling that voice and, or there has always been a voice inside my head, in the back of my head, no matter what I'm doing how successful I'm being Simon, it's always, yeah, okay, that's great. But what you really have to do is be speaking, sharing your motivational message from stage and helping other people that are going through trauma, get through to the other side and to be able to thrive with the rest of their lives. So whatever, whatever I'm doing, that's always been there. Uh, then a little, a little over two and a half years ago, I finally decided that I'm ready. Um, and I reached, I reached out to a contact from someone that saw me speak in 2019 that said, you, you have a powerful story when you're ready to kind of take your message, fine tune it to the next level for mass impact. So you can help the most amount of people possible. Um, I can point you in the right direction, introduce you, um, to the right people. So I finally called her a little over two and a half years ago, reached out to her. Since I made that phone call, Simon, there has been no voice. So to me, to me, that is, that is proof to me. That is, that is proof that I'm following what I was meant to do, what I was put on this earth to do. And whenever people are going through a challenge, uh, life trauma or adversity, 
there everyone always says if it's in my circle and anyone that knows me, oh you gotta talk to nick and i've always just unconsciously yeah. shared this step system with people and help them get through their trauma through to the other side and thrive with the rest of their lives however i never had a business around it and yeah. i i worked i worked with my mentor and uh trisha uh brooke and she helped me to launch my business common goal and fine tune my message and now i speak for brain injury associations and other organizations across the country yeah and 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 congratulations and well done on and yeah it's, it's interesting you say about there because yeah I, i'm sure everybody listening to this was not expecting you to say the voice has stopped yeah i think i was expecting you to say the voices just exploded because you know, yeah. i was there um, so yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting take on it. I, I just want to go back to one thing be, before we talk a little bit more about the business of Common Gold because I remember going to see Tony Robbins back in 2005 and he talked about, I think it was his father-in-law who was uh, diagnosed with some terminal illness and he was given a few months to live. And Tony Robbins did a similar thing to your parents. He said, do not tell him. You know, we forbid you as... As, as his medical advisors to tell him that he only has three months to live. You know, because we, we, we want him to live as long as he feels he can live for, not three months. And uh, he, to cut the long story short that Tony tells, uh, he lived for a lot longer than three months, but when the doctors did let it slip, he died very quickly afterwards. Because, you know, as you said, the power of the mind, when it hears that outcome that people give us sometimes we fulfill that outcome uh, in our lives don't we so Absolutely. i'm interested to see what your take is on that and i think you know with brain injuries you know that might be something that's very important but certainly i think your your parents were very wise to do that and uh, i'd be interested to see what your thoughts were on that process i couldn't agree with you more thousand thousand percent agree with you and that that's why they didn't want that to infiltrate my mind because they realize that the medical profession, they're not doing it to hurt people, uh, by the way. So let me, Correct. let me just yeah, put yeah. that out there. They're not doing it to hurt anyone. They're doing it for risk of lawsuit. They, they've, they've learned and had to adjust yeah. their policies over the years, um, because they've got, they've got sued and, and all the, the legal troubles that come with that. Um, so they're not doing it to hurt anyone. However, you just, and I talk about this in within the step system, which at the end here, or when we wrap up, excuse me, uh, what I can do is give your listeners a, a free gift, the step, the, the ebook, uh, yeah, yeah. which them all about support, trust, energy, and persistence. But part of, part of the support is you got to have an advocate. You got to have an advocate that's that's there for you who can advocate on your behalf um, when you're not able to, and you have to make sure that you get your advocate right from the beginning because uh, then you're not going to be worrying about well what are their ulterior ulterior motives and what are they doing here do, do they really want to help me yeah. and then when it comes to protecting you like in that example like you said uh, Tony Robbins's team forbid the doctors to share the news with him um you need to have that advocate that's that's very important yeah. and there's a reason that there's an order 
it, it's really interesting. There's a reason that there's an order of support, trust, energy, and persistence, because you have to make sure you're doing each one of them almost in order and equally, because without one of them, the stool falls. Yeah. So you have, you have to make sure you're doing one. And then, so yesterday, just to give you an idea, I was taking care of my energy. I see a, I see a, um, a Chinese Tai Chi master for okay. energy, for energy treatments once a month, uh, to help keep my energy high. So I'm able to impact and affect other individuals. So I, I, I practice what I preach in other words. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's interesting because I think the, the P in persistence, you know, you probably would think, okay, well, surely persistence has got to come earlier in the stage. But without the other three before that, without the, the support, the trust and the energy, you're not going to be able to have the persistence, are you? You know, it's it's like putting your own oxygen mask on first. Unless you look after yourself, you're not going to have that persistence to to move forward, are you, and to keep that, that process going. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Absolutely. So... You were in real estate, uh, you had the business in there, uh, and then you moved to Common Goal. Tell us a little bit about what has been evolving in that part of your business and in your life of recent times. And what's, what's, what have you been working on? So really, it, it goes in... Um... It, it goes in like rolling. There are for brain injury associations. That's that. That's like the primary audience that I'm focused on right now. Okay. Brain injury, brain injury associations, and then other organizations working with individuals that are going through some life challenge or something like that. Um, we don't have enough time, but uh, last year, another part, of, another part of my story is I had a voice challenge, uh, really as a result of my snowboarding accident, and I overcame that. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm speaking to you now, so sure. I don't have a challenge with my voice anymore. Um, but like that's an example for they're the Dysphonia International organization. So I spoke uh, last year at their conference, and then I spoke at. Um, last year oh no this year excuse me i'm i'm getting ahead of myself with the years okay. um i spoke earlier this year at the um the the brain injury association of maryland and their annual conference and, and what's so exciting is after i after i do my keynote talk and it's 45 45 minutes or 60 minutes the amount of people that i have coming up to me after that are in the midst of just been diagnosed with with anything um yeah. or just or just going through a brain injury the amount of people that um i've been able to help and affect because of that that come up to me and share their story and what they're doing and how the step system really is helping them to see their way through their trauma it's it, it there's, there's there's no better feeling for me uh really so right now What's most important to me is just magnifying that. I want to amplify that. So what I'm doing is they go, the applications for these brain injury associations for their annual conference, they go in uh, cycles. So like I made a bunch of applications last uh, couple months ago in October. I'm just starting to hear back from them for yeah. uh, their conferences in the spring. And then they go, they go in cycles. So okay. uh, that's really my focus right now. Um, 
because that's how I feel that I'm able to uh, impact the most amount of people. So, so I've got a, a very personal question for you, okay? Um, and this, this probably is a little bit abstract because you know a lot of the the trauma, a lot of the the outcomes of going through that trauma uh, are very instant. You know, you said there you you caught the edge of your snowboard, and that was the last thing you remember. But some people, particularly with uh, brain injuries, you know, sometimes it's not instant. You know, people can progress into a trauma. So I'll give you a, a personal example. Um, I, I've always had problems with, with my eyesight for, for a number of years. And in February, I lost my eyesight whilst uh, I was working for 20 minutes. Complete. It's just like a roller blind coming down. Complete blindness for 20 minutes. Didn't know what to do. Uh, had nobody to call to. Uh, so... Eventually, I went to see a consultant about it, and he said, you've had a TIA, you know, a mini stroke. Uh, and one of my fears, uh, and, and I'm asking this safe for a very personal reason, is that at some point, I know potentially because of that and some of the other things that I'm going to lose my eyesight, okay? Uh, I'm going to be blind. So some of that trauma that people are going into isn't right in front of them. Do you come across people that are have got a longer path to that entry point? Because you know it's easy to think about the other side of it. What do I do once I've lost my eyesight? But actually, you've also got that going into that trauma as well. Is that something that you have come across, or is that something that isn't really applicable to what you're talking about? The more and more I work with individuals and help them through... Um, applying the step system, mm -hmm. uh, the more and more I realize that it doesn't just have applications for one particular niche. Uh, niche, and uh, as with trauma, this couldn't be this couldn't be uh, clearer to me. Yeah. So um, I I would go back and like let let's talk about that. So um, you have time in this instance to get your support lined up. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would focus on that. I would go through and and just step by step apply the step system each one of those letters, like I said, with equal uh, force or equal distribution because they're all equally important. But I think with a longer runway, you just have more time to yeah. get all your ducks in a row, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because that was the feeling I got as you were talking there. You know that, you know, I, I know several people who have deteriorating conditions, um, and I can see the benefit not just of using step on the the other side of that condition, but actually getting, as you say, all the ducks in order, getting the the the, the steps in process as you're leading up to that because actually there is an advantage of having time isn't it? you didn't have the time to do that you had to do that after the event you didn't have any time to prepare for that event did you so uh, you know there's a there's an advantage and there's a disadvantage i suppose absolutely and one one last thing that's coming to mind it's actually screaming at me right now as you <laughs> as you yeah. were saying that is that we're not the same i know your goal was to uh, you wanted to you wanted to be able to ski and horseback ride and yeah and, um, 
that's terrific that you were able to do it. I I was even able to snowboard uh, less than a year after my accident, albeit albeit without my family's permission. And it, it, <laughs> my, mom, my mom, my I came home. My mom found out she was in tears. So that was the end of that. Yeah. However, we're not the same. We're not the same person as we were um, from before our setback. It's two, yeah. we're two different, it's two different people. And the moment that you, the moment that you realize that is the moment that you're going to start to go forward and you're really going to see, um, a lot of growth because if you're comparing yourself right now against your former self, that's not fair. That's not, that's not fair to Good you. Point. And that's, yeah. that's not fair to those around you because you're a different person. You just have to focus on getting better every day, yeah. improving a little bit every day. That that's all you have to be focused on. And I share that with people that are going through trauma or have had a, like, for example, a family member go through a trauma and I share that with them and it almost stops them in their tracks. They don't, they don't know what to say because they, they didn't realize it's two different people, but it is. And it, yeah. you're, you're really, you're really hurting that individual um, by saying, "Okay, we got to get you back to what you used to do," uh, yeah, because that you got to just focus on getting better every day, not not doing that. That's not yeah. fair. Yeah, and, and in fairness, I'm a better skier now than I was before because I realised the hit was slowing me down a little bit, and I was, you know, I'm a be definitely a better skier now. Um, it's in, it's interesting because two different people. Yeah, two different people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that because you know when I think about sitting in a consultant's room and you know, I went there thinking I'd got a problem with pressure in my eyes, and the guy said you've you've had a TIA, you know you've had a stroke, you know we, there's a blood clot in your head, and we need to find that blood clot. We, you know we're going to send you for some MRI scans because I don't want that blood clot going to the brain or going to your heart or going to your lungs, and you know it's good. That's it. It's going to be you know pretty catastrophic with that. And you're right, because the person that walked into that consultant's room was not the same person that came out of that consultant's room in all different levels, not just one level. And I think, yeah, that's really important for us to accept that. So interesting stuff. We could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. I know we could. Give us an idea. You've you've mentioned the gift. You've mentioned, obviously, the step system. Um Tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about you, how this can help them. And you know, I'm sure we all know somebody that could benefit from following this if we can't uh, you know, take advantage of it of ourselves. So where, where can our, our listeners go to find out more? Sure. They, uh, they can find me at uh, my website. And um, they, if they go to Nick, just my name, nickprefontaine.com forward slash step. Um, that's going to enable them to download the ebook step, uh, which is going to teach them all about support, trust, energy, and persistence. What we covered today is only really a 10,000 foot view. Um, yeah. however, the, the book, the ebook step goes into really goes into detail on each one of those letters, support, trust, energy, and persistence. And they're going to be able to download that for free and it'll help them to take their first step today. Yeah. And in fairness, Nick, I think we've had a 30,000 feet view of it and there's so much more that we can go until we, we see the detail of it. So, yeah, so thank you very much for sharing that. 
you've given us some some great tips you've given us some things to take away there and so much value final question you know if if you were to have your your next early morning coffee before you head off onto the the decaffeinated tea but if you were to have your next early morning coffee in a favorite location okay um, where would it be and who would be a hero now I mentioned about one of the aims of this podcast is to get my hero authors on there but who would be the hero that you would be sat having a, a coffee with and talking to All right, so where would it be? Do you want do you want me to answer that one first? Yeah, 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 please. So where where I would be, there are so many places, like we are just talking off air before we got started today. Um, a year ago, I went overseas to England for the first time to Oxford, England, to record my Oxford talk. That was the first time I've been overseas ever. What that yeah. made me realize is how little I know and how much more of Europe and the rest of the world that I wanted to see. So I can't, I can't pinpoint a particular location. Um, I just, there, there's so much more in the world to see for me. And I really, I'm looking forward to see all of it. Um, your second question, um, as far as the hero, this is a very interesting question. I had a I had a mentor say to me, um, I had a mentor say to me shortly after I got out of school and I started coaching one on one with him. He said to me that never put anyone on a pedestal. Okay. We're all we're all going through the same we're all going through the same human experience. Yeah. And what you see of people, this was really really at the dawn of the social media age. So social media wasn't really a thing when we had this conversation. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, then. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was back in 2008, 2009. So we had, we had that discussion and social media, I don't know, it wasn't really a thing. It wasn't really an addiction. He said, never put anyone on a pedestal um, mm. because they're just further along in the journey than you are um and never point. don't discount yourself never think that anyone's better than you because they're not yeah. um and what they what they want the public to see is is just a, for lack of a better term it's not hit me right now but facade yeah you don't know yeah. it you don't know if that's you don't know if that's them you don't know if that's a hundred percent them it's what they have carefully constructed to uh, have the public believe and what they want everyone to believe. Yeah. But you don't know if that's them. Yeah. You don't know what's going on behind the behind their curtain of yeah. their life. So they could be a mess behind their curtain, and they're only showing you the highlights, the good stuff. Yeah. So um, since that day, I've never put anyone on a pedestal, um, my mentor included. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I I, I love her. Uh, she's she's helped me so much. But I don't put anyone on a pedestal. Yeah, it's it's interesting because yeah, I use the word hero very loosely because these are people that have had an impact. A hero to me is somebody who's had an impact on me. Yeah, and somebody that I would love to ask a question of. Uh, and very often it's interesting you say that because if I met some of my heroes, 
I would want them to tell me about the difficulties they've had. I'd want them to tell me about the things that they've overcome because that's what's made up their journey, isn't it? You know, we're all yep. defined by that journey. So, uh, yeah, I'm completely with you on that. And it's interesting, my wife, when she sees a celebrity, she gets very struck by them and, oh, I've, I've seen Whoopi Goldberg, I've got to go over and talk to her. To me, everybody's just a person, yeah, whoever they are. And when I talk to somebody, you know, I've, I've met some very, very important people and I talk to them just as we're talking now because they are no different. If I met King Charles, you know, I might have to, out of etiquette, do a little bit of a bow kind of thing, but I would talk to him just as we're talking now. I would ask him questions that I would ask anybody else. Um, and you but, stand out for doing that because you know how many people come up to come up to those quote unquote celebrities or yeah. people of high importance and are flustered and all the attention that they get. If you treat them just like a person, yeah. you're going to stand out. Yeah, yeah because that's true. all we are. And and very often that's actually what they want. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's and that's what they miss, isn't it? They miss that connection. They miss that humanity side of of who they are so yeah great so great answer i love that very cryptic it almost leads on to another podcast episode just on its own you've given us some uh, amazing lessons to take away so just give us the details of the the website again so we know where we can go to get this uh, ebook gift that you've very graciously offered to the listeners and uh, yeah just give us that and then we'll we'll wrap it up Sure, it's uh, just my website, uh, Common Goal website. It's my name, just uh, nickprefontaine.com forward slash step. Um, and that they're going to be able to get the, the ebook step and download that, learn all about support, trust, energy, and persistence. And if people out there, you feel like you're stuck and you don't know where to turn, this is your first step. This is going to help you take your first step today. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll make sure the link for that is included in the show notes as, as well. You've been an amazing guest. You've shared just an exceptional story. And thank you so much for being so open and honest about your experience and sharing the system with us as well. Because I know so many people, including me, we're all going to be rushing over there to get this when the podcast goes live. And uh, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed it will help people not just after any trauma, but it will help people like me and other people who have had some kind of diagnosis and they're heading towards it as well, because I think it's a tool for both sides. You, you've you've been so gracious. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a blast. And listeners, all you need to do now is actually leave us a great review. Tell us what you've taken away from this episode uh, and just, I don't know, perhaps share it. I think this feels like one that is is not about just telling us what you've done with it. You know, you can share your first steps, etc. But I think there are so many people that this episode could reach just by sharing it. So please share it. Tell your friends. Tell people you know who perhaps have had a brain injury, that have had any kind of condition that this step process and this step system can help. And as always, subscribe so you get to know when the next podcast is coming out. And as always, I will see you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. 
Thank you. 